The Holistic Counseling Podcast is part of the practice of the Practice Network, a network of podcasts seeking to help you market and grow your business and yourself. To hear other podcasts like Behind the Bite, Full of Shift, and Impact Driven Leader, go to www.practiceofthepractice.com forward slash network. Welcome to the Holistic Counseling Podcast, where you discover diverse wellness modalities, advice on growing your integrative practice, and grow confidence in being your unique self. I'm your host, Chris McDonald. I'm so glad you're here for the journey. Welcome to today's episode of the Holistic Counseling Podcast. I'm your host, Chris McDonald. Are your feelings of self-worth getting in the way of your success? Do you find yourself comparing yourself to others and end up feeling bad about where you are? My guest today can help with those issues. Her name is Linda Bonner, and she is a personal and corporate coach, author, trainer, and educational well-being consultant based in New York City. She'll be addressing how you can empower yourself, stop comparing yourself to others, better manage your inner critic. Passionate about empowering others to succeed, Linda partners with business executives and future leaders across, I can't talk today, across the globe, speak slow, Chris, <laughs> to overcome the complexities with regards to people development, talent management, and organizational success. Committed to excellence, Linda equips her clients with a range of skills, tools, and techniques to overcome challenges successfully and move forward confidently, allowing them to thrive in life, not just survive the daily grind. Welcome to the podcast, Linda. Thank you so much for having me here today, Chris. I'm really looking forward to our conversation, just from chatting with you for a few minutes. Yeah. Previous to the recording, I think it's going to be great. And sorry to mess up your bio. My mouth just was like, (laughs) things were not coming out, but I'm not going to get into my inner critic. (laughs) No, definitely not. And I think, you know, yeah, it's been worse, okay? It could always be worse. (laughs) So it's absolutely fine. Exactly. So can you tell my listeners more about yourself and your work? Oh, sure. Thanks, Chris. So I'm originally from Ireland. I'm not a New Yorker, as you can probably tell by my (laughs) accent. I've been in New York for two and a half years now. I spent, before I moved to New York, I spent 15 years living in the Middle East. And I was a history teacher for most of my working career. Wow. Yeah, I loved it, Chris. I really did. And the one thing that I didn't love so much was the stress that I experienced as a teacher. Amen. And that's n- yeah. And that's not to say that everybody experiences that at all. Or that's, it's an incredibly stressful job or vocation to have. It was me and the way that I was trying to, to manage everything. A lot of my students were stressed and I saw a lot of my other colleagues as well. There was always so much to be done. And so the other side to this then is when I was younger, I had my own mental health challenges. And so I was at this point in my life, Chris, where I felt I had overcome so much of my mental health challenges, but I still then didn't know how to move forward. You know, I didn't have the, the tools that I needed. And that's when I discovered coaching, which I absolutely loved. And it was the first time that somebody had spoken to me about setting goals and moving forward and not dwelling on the past so much. And I loved my experience on these coaching courses that I did, loved it so much that I decided to leave my full-time teaching job and set up my own coaching business. And that's for you. where yeah. I am today. <laughs> yeah, that's fabulous. Thank and you. you also have a book too, Just Three I Things. Do. So tell yes. me about that book. 
So Just Three Things is actually my second book. My fir- I wrote my first book oh. four years ago, and that's a coaching book for teenagers called Press Play. And it was really funny, Chris, as soon as I put Press Play out there into the world, all my friends said to me, uh, Linda, that's lovely. And where's your coach? Where's our coaching book? Where's your coaching book for adults? And I was like, oh gosh, I have to do here another one. Here we go. And so here it is. It has been, it's a long time in the making. And honestly, when I started thinking about this first, like literally, Chris, the week after Press Play was published, I said to my publishing consultant, I have another idea for another book. And she said, whoa, 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 Linda, hang on. <laughs> I got so excited about putting something else into the world. So I really had to had to rein that enthusiasm in. And I'm so glad that I did, Chris, because the patience, it it's just helped me create this even better book. So I'm, yeah, I'm delighted with it. I'm just really proud of it. It's all about empowering people to create change, you know, but to create change in a way, in a way that's manageable, doable, and more simple for them as well, because change can be so daunting. Absolutely. No, mm. so true. So I just wanted to rewind for a minute. I know you mentioned you had your own mental health issues, that you had some depression before. So, yeah. so can you share, how did you overcome that? Yeah. Oh gosh, Chris. And I think this is for anybody out there listening. I think it's really important that it's, it's not a quick fix, right? And I think yes, sometimes, that's true. and, and sometimes, well, it's not about fixing, right? Because it's not that there's, there's something that need, there's not something broken as such, right? It's not that we're broken. And I think that's really important to say because this can be, it can be a long-term process. Sometimes I feel like I'm still in the process of dealing with of some things, but I have more tools in my kit to now deal with these things. When I was 21, I was diagnosed with anorexia, depression, and an anxiety disorder. And, you know, and it, it's, when I say the following statement, I'm not making fun of it, of course, they were my own three things that I had at the time. And I had them for years, Chris, for years. It took me a long time to hold my hand up and say, I need help with this. I have no idea how to even begin overcoming these challenges that I'm facing. And, and I don't know if I can, to be honest. Yeah, and I think a lot of people feel that way. They're, they don't even know the first step. No, it's it, it can be so overwhelming and so debilitating. And we're also talking about 20 years ago. So I turned 40 this year and I grew up in a small town in the west of Ireland, Chris. And at the time, mental health was just not something that was spoken about openly. So it's not only that, you know, the the fact that you're going Mm -hmm. through these things, but that's it's exacerbated then by the fact of who do I talk to about this? You know, or what are people going to think? I remember trying to speak to a couple of my friends at the time, even as a teenager, when I knew there was something just not quite right in my head, they just didn't get it, you know? And that's, look, that's, it is what it is. And so it's, how, how do you even describe that? Was that cultural for you too? Yeah, I think, yes. Okay. Yeah. Mm. You know, so sometimes what, what I experienced, Chris, and this is only my own experience, yeah. I'm not trying mm. to say that this is what everybody else experienced. I was very good at school. I came from a fantastic family, a really loving family. So sometimes 
when I did try to express myself to my peers, they'd look at me and, and what I often got told was, Linda, wake up, right? You come from a really good family. You are brilliant at school. You're an excellent horse rider. Like what could possibly be wrong with you? And so then you think, well, that makes it harder because I can't pinpoint something in my life that if I changed, perhaps I would feel better. I think that's very common. I hear that from adults as well. I got this. I have a great life. Why am I depressed? I know. I know. Yeah. So what what did help you then? I didn't even answer your question, Chris. That's okay. (laughs) That's okay. I was like, inquiring minds want to know. (laughs) Yeah, thanks. So I really had to, where did I even start? You know, it's, again, a long road. The first time that I sought help, I was interested and I wanted to, but I was not 100% into it at all, Chris, because I was so afraid of what Mm. would happen if I changed. If I, and I put this in air quotes again, because so if I got better, what was going to happen? And then I, I wouldn't have that thing. And sometimes that's what we, that's what we do, right? With mental health, we have a thing, you know, the, the anxiety, the depression, the anorexia, I really, I really took those on as part of my identity. Who am I without that? Exactly. And I know this might sound bizarre to some people listening as well. Often we, we get something or we feel that we gain something from holding on to our problems. So I often got a lot of attention because I was, I was, in this particular way of thinking or because I looked a particular way and it wasn't all positive attention at all you know but sometimes some attention is better than none and that's the way we can sometimes think as well especially as a young person so I had to then I had to get to the stage where I really really wanted help and that came years later so when I knew I was ready to create the change and again that's really important for me to say because unless we are a hundred percent willing to create that change we really want it nothing is going to help us Chris we have to you know we really have to want to create that change ourselves and I remember I'd started dating my husband my now husband at the time and I just thought you know what and it wasn't that I changed for him it the relationship helped me realize I with all these food things, like with the, this this control, this need to control food, I don't have a great quality of life, to be honest. I really don't. And it adds to the fact then that I, I don't think properly. I live in this cloud or this fog all the time. My mood is up and down. It's all over the place. So it's no wonder then that I don't create strong, healthy, positive relationships for myself. And once I had that desire to change, I went and I got professional medical help. I started seeing a psychiatrist. I had previously seen a nutritionist, a psychologist. I had been in group therapy. And again, it was great. I just wasn't fully invested. So it was a huge starting point for me, learning to understand how my mind actually works, how my body works, how things like weight works. It's like, you know, my, my doctor would say to me, gosh, Linda, you're, you're a smart person. I'm finding it hard to understand how you're actually thinking like this, that if I do eat a burger, all of a sudden I'm going to push on all of this weight. And I said, yeah, it's got to go somewhere. 
you know, and she says, oh, Linda. So a lot of this is education as well. <laughs> yeah. And I laugh at myself That's because true. it's one of my ways of dealing with it. When I think of these conversations or the way that I used to think about these things, it's like, oh gosh, Linda, really? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> mm. So looking back, you have a different perspective now. Completely. Yeah. 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 So I guess thinking about self-esteem and self-worth. So was that an issue for you too? Huge. Huge, Chris, to the point where I decided as a very young girl, probably at the age of 11, I'd say 11 or 12 at the, the latest, that I would be I would be happier, I would be considered prettier if I was thinner. Mm. I had such low self-worth. And I carried that into my teens and into my 20s. And if we don't resolve things like this, if that's our foundation, anything else that we try and build on top of that foundation is incredibly unstable. True. Jobs, relationships, how we think of ourselves, so our self-esteem, our self-confidence, if that foundation isn't solid, nothing else is really going to stand on it. So how can we change how we see ourselves if we have lower self-worth, self-esteem? It's all got to start within, right? All got to start with knowing that you are, you're a good person, right? And that you deserve to be treated with respect. And that starts with you. We teach people how we want to be treated, often by how we treat ourselves, so recognizing that we, we are deserving of this respect and then considering and becoming mindful of how we think about ourselves, how we feel about ourselves, how we believe what we believe about ourselves to be true and becoming aware of the thoughts that sit in our heads, the feelings that we allow to run the show as well. And being mindful of the story that we tell ourselves. What's that narrative that we're listening to on a day-to-day -day basis? How much attention are we paying to it? And I'm just thinking about our listeners too, that a lot of them have businesses, have private practices, and sometimes that can be difficult to maintain. I think we were talking about this before I hit record yeah. about, you know, that sometimes it can waver, right? That sometimes imposter syndrome can kick in or we see other people more successful than mm. we are and they don't seem to be struggling like we might be and that can kind of impact how we feel about ourselves. So yeah. can you share more about that? What do you think as far as self-esteem and business? Is, is there a way that people can better manage that? Definitely. And I think one of the ways to start doing this is to be conscious of, just like you said, Chris, falling into that comparison trap of comparing ourselves to others. So easy to do. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> On a daily basis. Yes. <laughs> yes. But when, we, when we're aware of, when we start to fall into that comparison trap, we can catch ourselves more easily. And that then gives us the power to get ourselves out of it. And I often apply the three C's in situations like this, Chris, because we can make, it's not just a comparison trap, but it's making assumptions about others. That's they must be too. doing really well. You know, are they obviously don't aren't facing the challenges that I am. 
why? Oh, well, oh. and I think what I, I, I noticed too, it's like I'm in a lot of Facebook groups or other groups for therapists and people will share their success, which is not a bad thing. But I think yeah. s- sometimes, you know, I might even look at that too and be like, damn, how'd they do that? You know, know. or they wrote three books and they're, you know, (laughs) doing all these um, two businesses and you're like, man, wow, I'm trying to keep up with one here, (laughs) you know. Exactly. And it's, it's easy then to allow ourselves to, you know, compare somebody else's highlight reel to our own real reel. That's it, isn't it? Highlight reel. Yes. (laughs) And so it's getting ourselves out of the comparison traps. It's recognizing the assumptions. Use the three C's here of catch, challenge, and change. Catch yourself when you identify that you're falling into one of those thinking traps or cognitive distortions. Challenge it. How much of it is actually, like, separate the fact from the fiction here, Chris? What are the facts of it? And what's that story or that narrative or that fictional tale that you're telling yourself about it? Change the way that you're thinking about it by asking yourself a better question. How helpful is it for me to think about the situation like this right now? What's a more empowering way for me to think about this person or the situation? And so it's little things like that. It doesn't have to be huge steps at all that we take. It's these small things that we can do that make a huge difference to us and how we think. Yeah. And I know that inner critic can come in there as well. Uh. And I think, (laughs) and I know for me, like working with clients sometimes, if it's not going well, or I feel like I'm, oh my God, I'm not helping this person. What is wrong with me? And someone else might be able to help them better than me. I think that for me, that's when it comes in. And I'm, I'm guessing that a lot of listeners also may experience that. So do you have ideas on handling that inner critic? Definitely. And I can be, I think we can be really critical of our own inner critic. It's like a vicious cycle. <laughs> yes. <laughs> maybe we need to give the inner critic a little bit of a break as well. Sometimes, of course, it's not doing a great job. Uh, other times, you know, it's sometimes showing up to protect us as well, Chris. This is the True. interesting thing yeah. about the inner critic. And instead of pretending that it's not there, I have learned to shine light on it and have a conversation with it and ask it openly and honestly, what do you want? What's your purpose of showing up right now in this situation? Because you're not helping me get anything done. And the closer I laugh at myself, because the closer I got to putting just three things out there, it happened to me with press play as well even more so with just three things because I thought, right, more people are going to read it because it's designed for people of my own age and people of every age. And this voice kept showing up, Chris, with, hang on a second, you're doing what? And who are you to be doing this? All of a sudden, what do you think you're a New York Times bestselling author? Because you're not. We'd like to remind you that you're, uh, you're a small town West of Ireland girl. So maybe get back in your box when you're ready (laughs) (laughs) exactly and the more the more I dug into it then and the more I explored it instead of getting even more critical the you know I learned to park criticism here and get more curious about its purpose in showing up and at that point in time it was really trying to protect me Chris if I didn't put the book out there I don't risk all the judgment you know I'm self-protection of course yes yeah. True. Mm-hmm. 
So that I think that inhibits a lot of people from actually taking steps to do additional things like write a book or start a podcast or do other things that can, that's putting yourself out there totally. Yeah, we allow these other voices, even if it's the inner critic, the imposter, fear, judgment, whatever it is, we often allow those other voices on the committee as such to speak really loudly and not just do that, but we heed them. And then we start reacting. We don't respond logically and rationally, but we often react from a place of emotion that says, stop what you're doing and literally get back in your box and stay there where you're safe. You know, Mm -hmm. don't step out of your comfort zone where people can judge and and criticize and oh you know it's kind of scary it is yeah (laughs) exactly I think that's so true to stay in that safe zone and but that's not how how we grow either not at all look we can all stay safe and we don't risk any of that icky stuff the fear and the judgment and you know what we'll go through ourselves as well and we don't grow And it's been such an interesting process over the last couple of weeks, hearing people's feedback on my books, hearing people's feedback on podcasts. You know, I'm like, oh, gosh, no, I don't want to hear anything. Don't tell me. Just thanks for buying my book. And that's it. (laughs) That's all. all. (laughs) And so when I do hear people then who have just been so kind and so encouraging, And 99.9% of the feedback has been super positive. Am I open to that other 0.01% or whatever it is? My math is terrible. Sure, because I want to learn. I want to grow from it. One person has come back to me, Chris, and said, just like we said at the start of the conversation as well, when we were chatting before the recording, oh, it's not just three things. (laughs) No, it's not. And they're like, well, Linda, I bought your book because you said it was just three things and I said I never said that was all that was in it like it'd be a pretty rubbish book if it was just three things so yes I lie everyone I lie really like a leaflet and that's interesting right and I just take that feedback on board because it's all information I can take it really to heart and I can think to myself gosh am I a fraud now here's the imposter Mm. have I lied to everyone Everyone who opens that book is going to find out, actually, it's not only three things. There's so much more. So what? I've spent $20 on a lie. And if I allow myself then to fall into that cycle, Chris, oh, gosh, there's so much guilt and upset and disappointment and anger that will follow as well. And I just don't want that, to be honest. Yeah, those negative emotions. and mm. But I think that you brought on a good topic too. I think that criticism, right? Because mm. that's part of putting yourself out there because I know I've had haters, yes. <laughs> Even with a podcast, it happens. But like you said, it's 99% of people are very supportive. And, well, you know, you get some that are not. And you have to really look at that through an objective lens and not allow that to totally shut you down and break you down and... It's just not worth that. Exactly. We've got a choice. And it's also interesting, Chris, right? Because I don't know about you. When I get feedback like that, you know, the 99.9, whatever percent it is, is great. I'll still focus on that one. 
I might label it as, I put it in air quotes as negative comment. Well, it wasn't brilliant. It wasn't this outstanding feedback that I got. Oh, yeah. We, we can be our own worst enemies in that regard as well. Focusing on the negative instead of thinking, whoa, hang on a second. Again, what's the fact? What's the fiction? Separating what I think is true to the actual truth of the situation. Yeah. So what is the truth then? And yeah. not, but not leading yourself into a not telling another story that's not true about it either. Exactly. That, oh my God, this is so true. And, you know, I'm not good as a podcaster because this one person said I'm not. <laughs> right. You know, and that's, I think with this, with feedback, everybody's so happy to give us feedback. These everybody's days, Chris, got something to they? say. Oh, they've <laughs> all got a comment. I actually just wanted to say, Linda, and it's like, okay, here we go. Bring it on. And I, I like to ask myself, I'm Chris, I'm more than happy to take constructive feedback, especially from people I respect. So yes. in working with my editor, I love working with her. And she knows that there are literally, it's nothing is, it's all out there. She's like, Linda, no, this is too much. You said simple. I can't even understand this myself. Simplify it for me. And I'm like, oh gosh, oh no, of course I will. And I love that kind of feedback. And there are also some people in the world, Chris, who honestly have nothing better to do with their time. Right. The just, source. Oh, then to just be a little <laughs> yeah. bit mean, you know, or it's, uh, well, actually, I thought it was rubbish and here's why. And fine. You know, but be, please be constructive in that. Yeah, that's yeah. it. True. To be constructive and to look at it that way. And Yeah. Exactly. Well, I, I heard that saying, I don't know if you've heard this too, that that negative comments kind of stick like Velcro and the oh, positive yes. slide off like Teflon. <laughs> yes. Oh. oh, yeah. So true. So isn't it? How do we unstick that wow. <laughs> Vel Velcro, right? This is, I love this. I love all of this because I'm doing a diploma in positive psychology at the moment as well. Oh, so sweet. I came across, yeah, I love it. I love learning. <laughs> <laughs> more projects, more projects. But I came across that Velcro Teflon uh, analogy quite recently as well. And then a lot of research will say it takes something like five good things to outweigh that yes, one thing, like I've a minimum of that for us to even think, you know, to even start putting it aside and focusing on something more positive. So that's one way of doing it. And I think being flexical, fle flexical, I don't know what flexical is, but maybe this is another <laughs> good thing to come up with as well. <laughs> being flexible in our approach. If something isn't working then in terms of developing greater self-worth, self-esteem, or managing our inner critic and dealing with this negative feedback, do something different. Find something that works for you. Yes. And even just thinking that it's all information, all of this that sits in my head or that comes my way, it's all information. And I've got a choice what I do with that as well. Which or I think that's, em that's empowering too. It's isn't it? so empowering. I think of it like it's um, just information. Just information. It could be a pick and mix. Or I think of one of those, maybe something, I'm doing it with my hands now, like a rotating, <laughs> something that's <laughs> rotating. And you can just reach out and pick the ones that you want to hang on to. The ones that you value that will help you, not just all the positive ones, the ones that will help you grow and continue to learn as well. Because they're useful. 
And it takes a strong person to reach out and to take that feedback on board and really step into it too. Oh, I think so. Definitely. Yeah. And I think that process of writing a book and getting it edited is takes a certain amount of strength too, because you do have to constantly endure feedback, even if it is constructive. <laughs> it's It's been such a learning, such a growth process, and it has made me even more open to feedback. And like I said earlier, people nice. I respect, it's bring on that feedback. And it's helped me also separate that as well, Chris, if I think, you know what, I don't really know you. And you haven't even asked permission to give me this, this feedback, which you feel I obviously really, really need. So I'm just going to take it with a pinch of salt and I'll do what I feel with it. It's like a gift, Chris, right? We can choose, we can choose to do whatever we want with a gift. This is true. Um, yeah. A good way to reframe that. <laughs> yeah, it's helpful, right? We want yeah. things that are helpful and empowering. So what do you think are just three things from that book that would be helpful to listeners to remember? There's more than three, Chris. I know there is. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be here all day. Oh, gosh. Okay. Just three. Or you can add more if you want. I think... So I've got five sections in the book. And I think if I was to take not one from each section. Yeah, yeah. I think if we start off with something personal, because that's where all of this change has got to start, right? I think the three C's is a great place to start because we can apply it then to so much. Catch, challenge and change. What are the thoughts that you allow to sit in your headspace? How helpful are they? What are the ones that love to hang around? We can't manage every single thought, obviously. If, we could, if you could change one of those more powerful thoughts or one of the more frequent ones, I think that's a really good place to start. And then if we, move, if we move out of our heads then and we start thinking about other relationships and how we communicate with other people, one of the things that I, I cannot stress enough at all, Chris, and this is something, you know, I'm, I'm a work in progress with all of this. I do not have it all down to a T, <laughs> listeners. I don't. <laughs> I'm continually working on this as well. But listening to hear when we're in relationships, be they personal or professional, listening to hear, not just to respond and get our own voice heard or our own two cents into the conversation at all, What's the other person really saying? What's behind their words? Where are they perhaps being congruent or incongruent? So that listening at a deeper level, so powerful, incredibly. And I think then as we move even further, I love, and again, here comes out the positive psychology as well and everything that I've learned around this, self-compassion, Chris. Yes. Can we have a bit more self-compassion? I, I teach that there. every day. <laughs> there you go. You know exactly what I mean. It's incredibly powerful, again, because the inner critic can be so vocal and, you know, so frequent to show up as well. More self-compassion. Give yourself grace as we navigate a such an incredible period of change right now as well. Yes. Oh, I appreciate that. Thanks for sharing that. Thank you. I've learned from that too, that one thing I, I notice is if I say to myself, this is a human moment, 
We're not perfect, right? We got a, that universality of that, that we're all human, regardless of our profession, how much experience we have. We're going to make mistakes. We're going to do things that might hurt people, not unintentionally. Yeah. This is a human moment. This is a moment of suffering. Let me sit with that for a moment and speak kindly. Can I share something on that note, Chris? Would that be okay? Yes, please do. There was a situation at the weekend, and it's not dire or anything. My husband said to me last night, you're still thinking about that thing. And I said, I am. And he said, gosh, you beat yourself up so much. I said, I know, I know. And I journal on things when I find it really hard. When yes, someone that's so helpful. Me, I get it out of my head. I do my best to get it out of my head onto paper. I speak to someone about it. I go for a run and and I'll talk to myself as I'm running around the park as well, Chris. <laughs> and that's not so, you know, people, a couple of years ago, people would really look at you for doing that. And now it's like, oh, she's probably like on her headphones or on the phone or something. So I'm really trying to work through this. And it keeps coming back to this whole idea of, you know what? I wasn't at my best in that moment. I just wasn't my best. And I cannot be, I can't be running at 100% all the time. That is not realistic. It's a very unrealistic expectation to have of myself or to have of others. And so just give myself a bit of self-compassion and say, at that moment, in that time when I wasn't at my best, that's what I said. So I own it as well. Yes, of course. And accept it and make the decision to, do better with what I have in the next moment, learning from it. That's the key, isn't it? To how can I learn from this? Yeah. That can be easier said than done, right? Of course. <laughs> Especially for something that's difficult for you, but it takes practice yeah. and patience yeah. with yourself. Too. Yeah. Yeah. So what's the best way for listeners to find you and learn more about you? I love connecting with people, Chris. Love it. You're welcome to get in touch with me on any social media platform that I'm on. I'm on Instagram at Linda Bonner underscore Life Coach. I'm on Twitter at LB Life Coach. Connect with me on LinkedIn. On LinkedIn, I'm just boring old Linda Bonner. It's okay. Nothing, <laughs> nothing funny about that or nothing special about that. And I'm on Facebook as well. I've got a Facebook group if anybody would like Excellent. to join. That's Linda Bonner Life Coaching also. And drop me an email. Linda at lindabonnercoaching.com and yeah just tell us give us a feedback Chris give us a yes. constructive feedback <laughs> be nice <laughs> exactly yeah um yes yeah, so if you'd like to get in touch that would be awesome and you can find just three things on Amazon as well nice and we can yeah. put those in the show note and a link to the book as well thank you thank you Chris. so people can find that on the website but thank you so much for coming on to the podcast Linda Chris, thank you so much for having me. I mean, these conversations, and you know, I said to you at the start as well, yes. I love meeting people and I always learn. It's never me, oh, I bring all the, the education or anything at all. I always learn from the people that so I speak true. with. So thank you so much for that as well today. Yes. And a huge thanks to my listeners for your dedication to listen to this podcast. Just remember to tap the plus button to subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts and be sure to rate and review so we can continue to grow our holistic community. This is Chris McDonald sending each one of you much light and love. Until next time, take care. Thanks for listening to the Holistic Counseling Podcast. Ready to engage with other holistic counselors? Head on over to my Facebook group, the Holistic Counseling and Self-Care Group, where you'll be able to connect with other holistic counselors just like you. 
You'll also gain invaluable resources on holistic practices daily and connect with others in a fun, drama-free environment. Remember to tune in next Wednesday for another episode. This podcast is designed to provide accurate and authoritative information in regards to the subject matter covered. It is given with the understanding that neither the host, the publisher, or the guests are rendering legal, accounting, clinical, or any other professional information. If you want a professional, you should find one.